0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. You have tuned in to episode 203 of the Material Podcast, and I am Andy Anotko.
1: And I am Florence Ion.
0: Uh, so have you recovered from Google I.O. yet?
1: No. <laughs> no, because the problem with going to a week log conference is that you come home to a lot of backed up work. <laughs> um, and so... That's that's pretty much what I've been dealing with this week, which is fine. Which is fine. I mean, that's th- sometimes how work goes, especially the life of a freelancer. Uh, but it is it's tiring and it's it's hard, uh, especially after such a long week. I was trying to work on the recap. I still haven't written the recap for Google IO, by the way, for my website. <laughs> um, partly because I have a problem editing myself and figuring out exactly what it is that I want to tell people about an event because I get really in my head Yeah, and this is a problem I've always had writing, which is not a good problem to have as a journalist because the whole point <laughs> is just supposed to pick out the vital, important information for the readership. But for me, like everything's vital and important. So I really have to practice a lot of objectivity in that sense. So when I'm not practicing objectivity, I get really in my head and I start to write, like, all these deep inner feelings. So I'm not going to write about it because it it's just – it. because instead <laughs> I'm going to talk about it with you, Andy, which I just want to bring it up very quickly. Yes. Ho- I, it doesn't need to turn into a giant discussion, but I just want to put forth this this thing that's kind of not weighing on me, but it's staying with me. Yes. Okay? It's, it's next to me right now in this comfortable chair that I have behind me. And that's the fact that as much as I enjoyed Google I.O. last week as a fan, as a user of the products, as much as I got excited about what is to come from our fair Android and Google platforms, the things that I have integrated into my daily life, the things I interact with, if I'm not talking to my husband, I'm talking to the Google Assistant. Like That's, that's very much what the dynamic is in my house these days. <laughs> I also felt a little bit conflicted because... We talk a lot on this podcast about <laughs> – I said we don't have to have a discussion about this. <laughs> no, no, no. So we talk a lot, but, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about the things that we would like to see Google as a company change internally mm-hmm. with respect to its employees and with respect to its uh, its ethos. With respect to I respect. Wanna necess- yeah. I don't want to necessarily say blah, – blah, blah, necessarily say ethics – because I think that's a hard word. This is me getting way too. This no, is no, why no, I have it's... to edit myself. <laughs> because this is where I go. And I was reading it to my husband and he's like, you, you're you're going way too deep. Sometimes he has to tell. You know, It's not that he doesn't support me in my deepness. It's just that sometimes I become nonsensical and that doesn't really help the situation, which is what I feel is happening now in this very moment. But yes, yeah, so Andy, I feel a tiny bit conflicted only because you know, it's it's like that that trope of well, can't support this big company, you know, whatever, cuz they do all this other stuff. But but at the same time, they're also doing all these things that like really help humanity. So it's like
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it, it's sometimes it's very
1: 2019 problem is what I'm trying right, to say. Right, right. It's like welcome to 2019, folks. Like this is this is where we're at.
0: This is this is why I usually save the glass of port for after I'm done like writing about. I such did have stuff. a glass
1: of port this last weekend, by the way, with a brownie ice cream sundae. Ooh,
0: very nice, very very <laughs> oh, nice dessert pairing. I approve.
1: Thank you. I'm like the only one in my family that drinks port. I don't know where I got it from. (laughs) I just, it just see it like I want to, anyway, so that's where I'm at. Uh, That's, that's how I'm feeling post Google IO. I just, I came really excited. I've been using the pixel three. A it's a wonderful little device. I'll be at, It has some caveats, which I'm going to write about. Um, I'm taking slower time than I used to when I was doing this full time to kind of like live with things and be able to talk about them. Because whenever I go back to some of my articles, I go, huh, I think a little differently about that now. You know what I mean? Like, because you remember that you were part of the rush to get these things up first and – that has its benefits for folks who you know want to spend some spend a lot of money on something, but it doesn't give you time to really think and yeah. so now that I've had time to think about google i o as a whole, I just think about man, these features these privacy minded features, these more transparent security features baked into the platform, project mainline, these things that are gonna like make it better for us overall that's really great, but why are we retaliating against our female
0: employees?
1: <laughs> you know, like
0: yeah, it's <laughs> no. This this is this is what's uh, you, you can you can look upon that as kind of an opportunity. That there's uh, when you're dealing with a company as big as Google, they really there's so many subjects that they encompass, and some of them are really good, and you can be like totally and unabashedly excited about uh about uh, things like being able to transcribe any audio live to give the ability to read pretty much anything that's being said on the device anywhere and you can also you can also at the while acknowledging that they would not have put in a video segment about a new technology and a new program for uh, that allows a uh, a hearing impaired russian speaker who for whom english is a second language to have his speech transcribed very very easily to, it's it, to acknowledge that okay they put it there for a reason and that is to let people know this cool thing they're doing while also saying that well actually that is legitimately a cool thing and I could see this is this is this is not like hey we've got this new OpenGL architecture that lets you uh, control the cache directly which will allow you to uh, to natively upsample 30 frame per second rates to Microsoft did frame that range. by the way exactly. put people
1: to sleep at its keynotes. exactly, <laughs>
0: so... uh, and that's important but it's also nice to say oh by the way you know how like hard it is oftentimes to understand somebody who might have a speech disorder well Mm -hmm. we're going to make it easier for that person to be understood like it's while at the same time saying okay this today i'm going to at this moment i'm going to comment about this and then tomorrow we're going to be talking about actually next (laughs) next week we will on this show i think we were going to be we should be talking about the memo (laughs) That was circulating. I think it was just revealed today or yesterday about how. Remember, if you if you have access to certain compartmentalized information, it would be most unwise for you, Google employee who wishes to continue to be a Google employee, to access that compartmentalized information and to uncarp and to allow the car compartment to be enlarged to include the press, friends, family, people of that nature. It's. We can do that. We
1: just listen, we want to be balanced here in Material Podcast. Yes. yes. And and I think it's an important conversation to have out loud for me personally because it helps me do my job because the one thing that I felt that really held me back from from the thing I have noticed after becoming freelance because it's a lot quieter when you're a freelancer, you're at home by yourself. <laughs> you're not surrounded by cubicles and by other people and by editors like and and executives that Publications and publishers who have uh, monetary needs—you were—it's just you and your brain, and that can be really scary for a lot of people. But I—I I did this because I wanted to be able to understand more about my process and understand what drives me to write things. Because I often felt, I, I often felt uh, it was hard for me to kind of move forward, especially in the last couple of years, because I realized how All of this stuff is in relation to everything else going on in the world. And I know we're dialing it down a little bit here. I'm kind of getting real honest here, but I do, this is who I am. I'm an honest person. I wear my heart on my sleeve. And for me to continue to be writing about this, I also need to let everyone know how I'm feeling about it, which is that I am super excited for everything that is happening and coming out of Google. I am super excited to continue being a Google user. And we're going to get into this later into the show because we are going to talk about what's going on with Nest. There's a lot of stuff there that's also privacy-minded that I actually appreciate, even though I know everybody's groaning about it. We'll talk about that in a second. But I also continue to support the folks who put together the Google Walkout. I also you know, support labor rights and I support, uh, equal pay. And like, I'm still keeping my eye on all of these things because, because I have very little power in this world. It just, and I, I actually have maybe a tiny being very real here. I have maybe a tiny bit more power just because I am a journalist and because I can, I, there are platforms on which I can write on, but I don't have as big of an impact on the world as say like a giant corporation, like Google (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which own which has effectively owns the internet as much as we don't want to admit it they do. So that's why I also'm like, please do the right thing for us like people that don't like we're trying to have power and we kind of don't. So I appreciate everyone continuing with us on this journey. Yes, <laughs> we – because this is I feel like yeah. this podcast has become Flo's relationship with Google. <laughs> Thank you, no, everyone no, for listening. Uh, see, this
0: is <laughs> this is what I enjoy about the uh, about the direction of this show. That it really can't it really is two people talking about Google as opposed to well, other, this is oth- me.
1: This is how I approach well, no, everything no, it's, in it's, life. Yeah. So
0: and, and and also, I I don't think that enough is discussed about how companies like Google and Apple and Microsoft and Facebook are covered, and how much really uh, inside baseball is being done to manipulate, control, or at least kind of steer coverage along. There's, uh, I mean, uh, fairly, well, about four or five years ago, I really made a a specific decision to redirect how I cover and what I cover in technology because I just got so unsatisfied with the number of times where i know i know that i won't mention specific companies or specific people but like i know that this person is really trying to work me and they're really trying to manipulate me and i'm i'm old enough and the stars are out of my eyes to sort of like ignore that and but there came a time where i realized that wow so this uh, very very trustworthy newspaper all of a sudden got access to all kinds of information with with uh, from a source they can't name on a weekend when this major company really 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 needs a lot of positive press and now I'm expected to comment on this story or on this data and therefore help to propagate this dominate this swerve in the news cycle and guess what I'm not going to do it or I'm not, or the, the times where it's, I, I don't fly to San Francisco as often as I used to. It used to be several times a year. Now it's maybe once, maybe twice a year, and because, again, it's it's not a blanket thing, but a s one company in particular. I just felt like great. So this really is a one-hour-long infomercial that I'm now supposed to cover. And, uh, and every time that, and I've, I have access to people that are not part of the infomercial that can give me the straight dope on certain things, but I'm not, these are things that I could, people I could talk to back at home. And again, I feel like I'm being manipulated to say, well, we need Andy's audience for this product, but not this other product, or we need to make sure this message gets out. And it's, I, th- I've made the decision that I really don't care about reporting on something the day of anymore when a certain company wants to make sure all the press on a certain product comes out on this day when people might be rushing to the stores and when all the ads are on the buses so it's it's something that we we ever, we all have a point we each have a point of view we each have a certain talent uh, as we see it in ourselves and it's just our responsibility to use that talent and that point of view in a way that makes us feel like we're doing good So I don't feel as though I have the ability to improve the world or ruin the world on the level of Google or Apple or Facebook has the power to. But I can at least – the people who are reading or listening to my stuff, I can at least help those people out. So,
1: Precisely. And also this is how I approach my journalism. I try to come at it with a lot of humanity and not be from that like journalist perch, so to speak. Because when it really comes down to it, we're all just users of this stuff, and you know, we we are making the buying decisions about what we're bringing to our homes and and what companies we choose to align ourselves with. On that note, <laughs> I will say the one really great thing about going to Google iO as, a press person or a developer or a designer or an engineer is a person who works in the Google platforms is feeling like, you know what? A lot of this stuff is really helping people. It's really, it's really helping um, bridge the world, which is always a good thing. I mean, think about how much more empowered the world is now with all the knowledge it has access to than a mere 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of, as we talked about in the podcast last week there were a lot of technological feats that were announced at Google IO which are just like going to really help comp- move computing forward in a way that it's not so clunky which is always good <laughs> for for technology becoming easier and faster um and it, you know we got a we got a mid-range phone with a pretty good camera out of it yeah Pretty good camera, I'll say. It's not – I was just on the download podcast this morning with uh, Jason Snell and Stephen Hackett, uh, also also here on the Relay FM network. And we – I explained to them the metaphor of it's not apples to apples, it's apples to oranges for the Pixel 3 and the Pixel 3a. They're both fruit, but, but they're very different in like what you would mix them with and how you would eat them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> to p- push for that metaphor, um, the Pixel 3 is the all-encompassing, high-end phone. It's the one you're going to drop all the money on. That's the one you're going to cover in a really big case because it costs you so much money to try and replace the glass screen. Uh, <laughs> speaking from experience. And the Pixel 3a is just a nice, it's just a nice, cheaper phone. <laughs> <laughs> period good
0: no that that uh, what uh, what else have you've so you've had it for about a week so what do you think about it like what do you have if you had dropped your if you had waited to drop your phone <laughs> two days ago as opposed to a month ago would you have just replaced it with a 3a
1: no okay heck no 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 I'm like Ah, I'm so happy to have my Pixel 3 back. You don't understand. It's just like, uh, it's just everything about it. It feels like a more polished experience. There's a reason you're paying that extra money. And I'm not just talking about the water resistance and like the wireless charging, which by the way, I don't even use at all. I forget that it's even on there. Um, it, the camera, again, it's apples to oranges. Like the Pixel 3a is definitely capable and it can do that night sight kind of um, exposure and bring up the the lights and the colors, if you will, and kind of like add a little bit of depth to a dark scene. But it's not the same sharpness that you're getting with the Pixel 3 with the pixel visual core. <laughs> I yeah. just forget the name of that. Um, it's... You know, it's it's also kind of feeling a little slower in some places than the Pixel 3. You can mm. tell that there's a different processor on the inside. Um, and even though the chassis is really nice, it's a nice plastic chassis. The color is great. It's a lighter phone. It doesn't feel as dense as the Pixel 3. It's plastic. You kind of – you remember that it's plastic. And the haptics on it, like sometimes – They feel a little different. They don't feel as a – what's the word I want to think of? Um, I don't feel as committed. My – I don't know if that's the right word. When I press down on the keyboard, on the virtual keyboard, and I'm like, I don't – I always kind of have to double check and make sure that I I press the letter, you know? Yeah. Because when you're typing really fast – Sometimes you're just moving your thumb which every which way and just like praying that the OS understands what you're trying to type out basically. And I find myself praying harder <laughs> <laughs> with the Pixel 3A just to make sure that like oh please 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 you know, I guess I don't have as much trust in that maybe it's maybe it's my bias, maybe it's my knowing that it's <laughs> snapdragon 600 series and i'm like oh no it's mid-range better take it easy you know (laughs) maybe i'm not giving it the benefit of the doubt but there are little things that pop up when i'm using it that i'm like oh that's right this is a mid-range phone battery life is phenomenal though i mean compared to the pixel 3 which just lets i mean this thing is dead by 11 o'clock at 11 a.m
0: yeah (sighs) Yeah, I'm I I won't be writing about it for at least another month. So I'm uh, let's see. I still I still have that money that's sort of in my pocket for an update Wait. to my yeah. So I'm I'm glad that I didn't just simply say yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> let's have something that is two numbers higher.
1: No, it's and the thing that I worry a little bit about is that there's a lot of suggestions, oh hey, if you don't want to wait for the Pixel 4, just buy this phone. Not at all. Do yeah. not do that. Do not buy the Pixel 3A if what you want is a flagship, high-end phone. There's a reason that you're paying a lot of money for that stuff. There is a there is polish and components that go into it. I will say the one Upside, though, the 3A is that it has NFC, so you can use Android Pay with it, which like some Motorola phones that are cheaper don't have that, nor do they have worthy cameras. So if you're going to spend like $200 more on a mid-range, that's what you're spending it for. You're spending it for the ability to have tap-to-pay like the majority of the rest of the world, uh, and you are paying for that camera ability that's almost as good. I would say it's about pixel one level good hmm. like before it got that visual core right. processor it's like you could see its abilities but you could see kind of where it's still lacking if you zoom in you know hmm. yeah
0: so if so so it's it sounds like if like uh, i have a pixel one that if it's a um if you if you like your your pixel 1, you're satisfied with the features of your pixel 1, you just want to buy 3 more years worth of updates <laughs> because it's it is it is going onto the obsolete list this year. Like eh, okay.
1: That's the other thing, updates. That that was the other reason I was saying to look at this phone is because you're going to get your updates directly from Google, which means you will have all of that great stuff like Project Mainline and privacy-minded transparency, et cetera, et cetera, live captions. You will have that as soon as it is available. Um, Unfortunately, it's not sexy. (laughs) Can't really sell phones with that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It'll be – I think, Andy, you're doing the right thing way – I know it feels like, oh, well, I'm not going to, you know, be a part of this, this stampede of folks uh, writing about this stuff. But remember in The Lion King, when those wildebeests came out, what happened to Mufasa? I'm so sorry. I just brought that up, actually. No, no. Wow. That's... I'm so sorry, everyone. I just bummed you all out. I still cry at that scene, by the way. Um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas' acting is so good in that scene. Um
0: but it wasn't <laughs> photorealistic, and so for that reason, it has to go.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry, everyone. The movie, so i wasn't brown out. and
0: beige and tan enough, so we need to make sure there's a new. Yeah, I've actually. Anyway, oh, um, well, before we we should go to a commercial, but um, it's, before it's, I talk
1: more, it, <laughs>
0: no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. There's a. Uh, It's an interesting time to not want to have to spend $900 on an Android phone, particularly because uh, we won't be talking about it today, unfortunately, but the OnePlus 7 uh, was uh, Mm -hmm. announced uh, yesterday and man they're, they they just that company just keeps going from strength to strength to strength
1: i'm getting one in by the way so we'll be able to do some material assessments <laughs>
0: yep uh, i should have one hopefully soon too um but uh 669 bucks for uh, essentially an xl so it's a big it, it is the flagship version of the OnePlus 7 6 gigabytes of ram 128 gigabytes of storage which is really what I, I what I'm looking for is a little bit extra RAM. I'm looking for 120 gigs of storage because for me, that's what that's the that's the amount of storage I need in order to not have to ever worry about storage. Um and it's yeah, it's like at the end of the year, I I'm certainly gonna wait to see what the Pixel Four looks like. But if it's like nine hundred dollars, I might have to think about oh it will be, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It'll be it's like uh, – and uh, and I know the big advantage, of course, is always going to be those uh, the guaranteed updates, but uh, as Google I.O. this year, as with last year, they made – Google made another point of saying how they're making more and more parts of the OS, more features, more security – distributable through the play store so therefore within the control of google as opposed to something you have to wait for from the manufacturer Um, and that's not to say anything about uh, motorola's phones or uh, so long as so long as you don't go for the anti-china <laughs> uh, uh, protocol of of uh, no 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 nothing huawei you should never buy huawei or anything those are pretty darn nice phones. Uh, internationally, you have even more, where there's more oh, price Oh, they variance. love
1: it internationally. Huawei is big, yeah. big wig overseas.
0: I just I just like that. I just like on the OnePlus 7 Pro, they've got like the three lenses and like a stoplight configuration. And I kind of, <laughs> I, I, it kind of reminds me of like Mr., wants Mr., to play Mr., with it. Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, like mm-hmm. <laughs> next to picture picture and i and I, got, and I got to say the the periscope selfie cam that is what I, every, when i was a kid when i imagined future technology i did not imagine that oh well we'll just if we have a camera it'll just be like drilled hole into the screen i always imagine that there'll be a click click, click. And to deploy and automatically go back in. That's what I wanted the future to be. I don't care if it's something that's going to break. I don't care if it means that it'll be. It'll make it easier to get this thing wet and destroy it. I want a, to touch a button and for a little camera to go, and then that's what I want. That's what I want. You you have assessed my needs correctly, OnePlus. Uh, but we should probably
1: <laughs> get we to a should. commercial
0: and start paying for this stuff.
1: Yes, yes, yes. This episode of Material is brought to you by our brilliant friends over at Pingdom. Pingdom is brilliant because they help you keep your sites and the sites you love online. Pingdom monitors your sites so you don't have to and gives you real time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times. The internet is awesome, but stuff does break all the time. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500, you need alerts about any critical website issues. Pingdom will let you customize how you are alerted, depending on the severity of an outage. Plus, they'll track and analyze your website's load time, so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. And Pingdom has a no-fuss approach to getting started. All they need is the URL of the site you want to monitor, and they will take care of the rest. So go to pingdom.com slash relayfm right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, be sure to use our offer code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and relay FM.
0: Well, we've had about a week now to digest stuff from Google I.O. Uh, that which can be digested at this point. I realize that uh, information from a developer conference is like a smoked Gouda. It takes a while to make its way through. Uh, the
1: uh... Or a very buttery French cheese. Yes. Because you have to just really let it like melt in your mouth before you can even think about swallowing it. Like it's just... Oh,
0: God. I do, you know, I, I do have a smoked Gouda in the fridge and I do have port. So I, I'm definitely going to have some <laughs> port and cheese <laughs> later tonight. Because now I really do need that, that savory kick. Uh, but I really wanted – I haven't talked to you yet about uh, how your fireside chat with Hiroshi Lockheimer went. I've, I've, I'm guessing there are things that you can't talk about, but there are things that were, of course, broadcast live. So what? What did you have a good time? Did you enjoy yourself?
1: I was terrified going into it. Um, I was internally shaking and freaking out because it's – but you kind of – I go into kind of a tunnel vision, and I try to, like, adopt – I try to go into a flow mode that I don't access a lot. Um, And I'm just really thankful that I have that mode because I got to tell you, I did not realize we were filling out 40 minutes of time. I thought it was only half an hour of time. (laughs) So thankfully I was able to like, towards the end, I was coming up with questions like on the fly. So if anybody wants to watch it back, I can give you, that's, that's a little this little secret <laughs> is that, see if you could tell that I'm like thinking about them uh, while we're talking. But, you know, I thought it was, I thought it went really well. I um, I wanted to ask Hiroshi questions that I know have been kind of plaguing the developer community. <laughs> Maybe that's not the right word, but that I know that developers have been chatting about um, whether we've talked to them you know, hear on material or whether, you know, I talk to them through all about Android or just like what I've been reading rumblings, like being, being a person of the internet who goes around. And I thought that I really appreciated that we got some insight into like what Fuchsia is about. I've noticed that since last week, there's been a little more clarification about what's going on. Like with Chrome as a platform, yeah. for instance, the little new, I, I can't remember if we put this in the doc. But, um, did you put this in the doc? Yes, you did. I'm jumping to it. I'm sorry, Andy. But the little <laughs> tidbit about shutting down the dual boot Windows 10 yeah. on Chromebooks. What a bummer. So um, it, project it was referred to as Project Campfire. It was an upcoming feature, and it had appeared in Public Code commits. And they never, Google never announced the cancellation of it, but now those same code comments are labeled as deprecated, which means they're out of service effectively. So I, you know, we don't know the onus behind it, but I just think it's interesting that that particular piece of news came out after we started talking about Fuchsia, because it, it does kind of, it's not directly related, but it's just in that we've all been talking about like Chrome didn't get a lot of front-facing news at Google yeah. I/O, even though it's it's a huge platform. Um,
0: it's, it's one of their hugest successes. You think is. that at least from a point of view of mentioning, and we're and and in 2019, we pass, 2018, we passed the milestone of 80 kajillion exactly. installs of Chrome OS. Like, like I'm surprised
1: know. they didn't do a Windows or like a like an Apple thing when they go right. like, look how many MacBooks we sold.
0: Look how <laughs> like, desperate Apple is. They're now selling three hundred and twenty-nine dollar iPads. We're really making them pee their pants, and that's wow. one of the, my favorite things to come out of twenty eighteen.
1: Well, yeah, if you're an Apple user, in addition to
0: season affordable. eight of Game of Thrones. Anyway,
1: ugh, no, no one is. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, so it, yeah, I was very surprised, and then I was surprised at the trickling, and it turns out that, um. Hiroshi Lockheimer had mentioned this the night before on stage at a live taping of The Verge, has a new podcast coming out, I guess. Um, they had talked about fuchsia as well. So just to catch people up on what exactly was said. So at my fireside chat, we had, I was like, can you talk about Chrome OS's favorite color, fuchsia? <laughs> I was like, how can I do this in the most cheeky way possible? And Hiroshi had mentioned, it's not just phones and PCs. In the world of IoT, there are increasing number of devices that require operating systems and new runtimes and so on. I think there's a lot of room for multiple operating systems with different strengths and specializations. Fuchsia is one of those things. And so stay tuned. Uh, and that kind of follows after what he had said at the Verge's taping, which is, we're looking at what a new take on an operating system could be like. And so I know out there, people are generally are getting pretty excited saying, oh, is this the new Android or this is the new Chrome OS? Fuchsia is not really about that. Fuchsia is just about pushing the state of the art in terms of operating systems and things that we learn from Fuchsia, we can incorporate into other products. And he had repeated that at um, at our fireside chat before kind of talking about, it's not just phones and PCs, it's also like, the way the world interacts. It, it, the world is components now. It's yeah. just tech components interacting with one another. So it would make sense to try and build a platform that unify all those things. And so that's how we have to kind of start thinking about Fuchsia going forward.
0: Yeah, as, as opposed to like hoping that, oh, there's going to be a new revolution in, and. Uh, uh, in, uh, Consumer facing productivity facing I mean, apps and solutions. Fun. Yeah. And yeah. I think the f- the first public code that they really released was at least a basic mock up of what it would look like running on a mm-hmm. phone, which maybe it might have been a head fake. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I suppose it's dis- a, l- a little disappointing because, I, again, as a nerd, I really like revolutions. I like the, the, the uh, just like Lenovo showed off uh, a, a concept for a, Windows 10 tablet that used uh, used a folding screen, and what got me excited about it was number one, what I th- what I imagined would uh, would be a feature, which is that instead of like I- I've I've got an iPad Pro but I have to like have like a floppy case over it because I'm going to drop it into my bag and, and the screen needs to be protected. So I always I always thought that the coolness about about a folding 10-inch tablet would be that when it folds, like the screen is like inside, it's like being sandwiched between layers of metal. So it's okay. Not in addition to being really, really small, but they also had, like, uh, they also worked out an idea where, well, if it's, not flattened, if it's unfolded a little bit and you're holding it like a book, well, let's have like the left the left side of the screen of, of the hinge being the left page of something, the right side of beyond the hinge being the right page of something. So you could read it like an open book or you could have like a web page open on the left hand screen and then be taking notes on the right hand screen that's I love revolution like that, but it does make sense in retrospect the idea that even when these days when even like a light bulb can have a wi fi stack, the idea of having here is one platform for writing anything for anything um they gave uh uh there there's a i think i think uh, I think it' was Hiroshi might have been Hiroshi, I forget where it was, but um the he, uh oh no no no. i'm sorry it was uh dave burke uh at another fireside chat that was like unhosted it was just like an open q a with developers uh and he mentioned that and this is to a to a developer audience so realize that i'm just like typing in buzzwords that i 80 percent to 40% understand. It's basically, as an example of what they're doing with Fuchsia, saying that they wrote an, uh, an angle driver for uh, mm-hmm. Android Q uh, that uses a mainline module to implement OpenGL ES 2.0, and it's on top of Vulkan. And, ah, yes, really, yeah. and because Fuchsia is really, really intimate with Vulkan, they used Fuchsia to develop part of that module. So, like, oh, okay, I totally understand everything you said. I'm not going to have to spend 20 minutes making sure that I making sure, understand what an angle driver is. And it's not, has it nothing is a to developer's conference. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, but they, but yeah, so there was, I guess there was a lot of, uh, if, if you go, we go into Google IO hoping that we're going to see these huge, wonderful progress bombs dropped, that are going oh my god not only is windows on chrome going to be a real thing but look at how they've implemented it it's like mm-hmm. if you just download a binary of install a binary of the file it's just like has equal status with any other android app or or web page it just opens in its own separate window instead of being a dual boot instead you've realized that oh by the way we didn't mention it because we we're actually we've kind of lost our enthusiasm for that whole project so that's that's disappointing because if anything is going to increase the value of spending $700 on a Chromebook as opposed to $200 or $500, that's going to be the ability to not run it as a Windows laptop but have the real version of Photoshop available to you if that's the only thing you need in order to switch to a Chromebook. Like you can do everything with Chrome apps. You just need Photoshop or you just need this one audio editor. Uh, so – it's don't and who knows why they cancelled it? It's possible that there's a there's a difference between running Windows and offering it as a service. One of them is that like uh just getting all of those Windows drivers working and committing to continuing to making uh Windows work with all the drivers that you need to maintain. Um, Apple, of course, has boot camp, and they've had it for quite some time, but it wasn't as simple as, well, it's an Intel CPU. All we got to do is just create a box that we can install Windows into. No, they had they had to write like low-level drivers so that Windows could interface with all of the hardware just on MacBooks, which is a piece of hardware they themselves make. And I can't imagine how difficult it would have been for Google to say, "Okay, here is about 80 different Chromebooks, many of which were were produced to to, uh, to be running on to be used built using the cheapest, sketchiest components whatsoever," and now we've got to make sure that Wi-Fi works reliably on all of them in Windows. So they might have said that, look, you've got, to, how about how about progressive web apps? Why don't you just write a progressive? And we're giving you Linux. So maybe you could find an open source tool or maybe we'll just make sure that like VirtualBox works in Linux so that you could just install Windows on your own and then be responsible for this nightmare we call Windows drivers. But yeah, I'm disappointed.
1: <laughs> Uh, so what, what else should we talk about, Andy? Uh,
0: most, well, again, let's, let's continue on the disappointment train here. Uh, (laughs) um, one thing that that came about through a whole bunch of different talks was that Android Beam is being dropped in Android Q, which is a feature that I really made. It's, that's the feature where if you have two Android phones with NFC, you can just sort of like slap them on top of each other. And then beam a piece of content, be it a picture, URL, whatever, from one device to the other. It'll use NFC to basically set up the connection and then the rest of the connection will happen via uh, Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. And the case could be made that, oh, well, now I could do it with Slack or I could do it with any of these chat apps. And but there's nothing that was quite as useful as oh do, would you like this picture that I just took of us like at this party and boom in 30 seconds this person has it as opposed to okay so uh what are you on we I've got WeChat I've got uh, Google Hangouts I've got- oh you got Hangout okay what's your address like okay now I'm sending you a contact request it's like uh, I haven't
1: I've never actually used this feature quite honestly. It's, it's, it's just
0: cool. It's, it's what I've always, one of the few features from iOS that I really miss uh, is just airdrop. Airdrop. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just the ability to arbitrarily say, I'm standing within proximity of this person that I want to have this picture or this thing. And just being able to, there's no intermediary. I don't need the internet. I don't need any setup or service. Just goes from point A to point B and Android beam was the closest thing we had to that. And I really hope that Google is trying to figure out a way to replace that with something else. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are, the the only thing that, the only uh, noodle of hope there is that they're replacing it somewhat with a new API so that if a third party wants to do a Beam service, they can have access to NFC and make it happen that way. Mm-hmm. But I really do desperately hope they're trying to make something as slick as AirDrop um, and realize that if you if there's something that you if there's bad news about android q from io or something that you did you hope was going to be announced but hasn't realize that we won't get the full drop until it's actually released later this year so hopefully there's something that was such a big mess that it wasn't it wasn't even in any shape to be demoed (laughs) <laughs> in in may that they will get their act together and finish it by august or september but yeah that's a that one kind of hurts a bit
1: just a little bit uh also hurting is there's no people are asking me where is wear os i don't know i don't work at google
0: yeah <laughs> that was that was but a- <laughs> there wasn't uh, – God, yeah. it was, I, I was hoping that there would at least be like a session that was – and hey, now here's the future, the glorious mm-hmm. Yellow Brick Road future of Wear OS, and there was really nothing uh, at that same like Q&A, open Q&A with Dave Burke that I mentioned earlier. Uh, someone, someone from the audience asked about, like, Wear OS and why it hasn't been mentioned anywhere. And there was, fortunately, lots of applause in the crowd because there seemed to be a lot of love for it that was not being expressed at the other side of those microphones. Uh, so Dave Burke go, okay, but where's the Wear team? Do we have – at this Q&A, they have – there are about 10 people from Google on the stage, but also they make sure that lots of different product managers and engineers are in the crowd uh, to answer specific questions, because these are for, like, really specific questions. So he asked, oh, well, is there anybody from the wear team, like, in the crowd? And no one responded. He said, oh, did I just make your point <laughs> by asking for people from the wear team to speak up? And there was no one there. Uh, but the, he gave, like, uh, the classic... Ouch. Yeah, he, he gave the classic non-answer... Uh, saying no, it's something we're continuing to invest in. We're really excited about wearables, actually. What can I say? We've actually hired more people, and we're investing. So that's suspicious. In that, well, a, it's the usual. Oh, we're we've had we've heard Apple. We're really excited about the Mac. Like, oh dear, we're not getting a new Mac Pro for this year, are we? Uh, <laughs> But also, he didn't mention Wear OS. So he's just talking about wearables, which is uh, okay. And we've hired more you, people. And you
1: can wear a lot of different things. You can wear handkerchiefs. I'm right. sorry. <laughs> you can wear bandanas, is what I meant to say. Uh, you can wear contacts. You can wear glasses. You can wear shoes. These are all wearables.
0: Yeah, we have a whole new line of t-shirts with amusing Android androids uh, printed on them available in the company store at this moment but uh, and also when well, they're talking like okay so we're investing but does that mean that you bought fossil uh, you bought a whole bunch of people from fossil and brought them into the company does that mean that you just needed their ideas about how to glue sparkly things onto watch bands, or are you actually planning on re- putting a, giving a shot of vitamin B12 to the entire project? Right. Because at this point, I really do have to hear a big, exci- big exciting announcement from Google before I'll spend more than $80 on, uh, on a new Google Wear device. I-, I love it. I really, really like it, but I need some indication that they're really going to be continuing to advance it. Despite uh, it, 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 I know that they added like a, that widget-like support for these little tiles that uh, you swipe left to get to, but that's not what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about, you know, like a new processor that runs for more than a day and can run really, really fast and do things other than being a fitness tracker and a and a and a notifications relay. I, I would love it for be to be more than that. Oh well.
1: Uh, my favorite is when um, Google employees were asking me what watch I was wearing, and I said the Samsung Galaxy Active. <laughs> and I mean, they asked me. They said, "Oh, do you like it?" And I'm like, "Well, it's good, but the ecosystem is awful." Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's how I feel about it. The ecosystem yeah. is is not good. But I also said that just to kind of be like, hint, hint. <laughs> you know, it has an ecosystem.
0: Yeah, and the people You do. T- and people on stage are usually wearing Android Wear watches, but they what I really want to see is I want them to like actually proudly like hold it up and show a close-up of look how nicked and scratched the metal case of this is. Look how worn out this leather band is. This is not something that I unboxed out of a closet thirty minutes before well, my appearance. I, I wouldn't
1: say that. The only reason so the only reason I bought the Galaxy Watch Active, not to talk about why I bought it in make it about that, but it's because I needed some very specific fitness features and I just couldn't find those fitness features from Wear OS on a, in a size that I felt comfortable wearing. Mm. So I just want to put that out there. That's why I ended up going, because I did get to look at the, they had all the Wear OS watches on display in one of the tents. And so I did get to go in there and see them and, uh, I compared like the Kate Spade watches and the new Fossil watches, they all have the same size, uh, they all have the same size display as the mm-hmm. Galaxy Watch Active. They just don't do those extra things that I need it to do, like come swimming with me yeah. and tell me if I'm stressing out or not. Um, th- it's just to say that it's it's frustrating being an Android user because we have so much choice for wearables, but it's also frustrating because everything is a little bit different and nothing just. So anyway, yeah, no, that's all I have to say about Wear OS. It, it's
0: it's annoying to me because I, I own uh, like modern iPhones just to have them in my library so I can write about them and review them. And I just keep – at least once every month or so, I keep thinking that would it really be so bad to buy an Apple Watch even though I would have to like I, – I, I wouldn't get so many of the Google features, but w- I would be getting – A, a really cool looking watch that I could put really cool looking bands on and switch them in and out. And, B, have what I really want in a wearable, which is just lots and lots of fitness tracking mm-hmm. and just the ability to say, oh, well, here's your – by the way, you have not stood up in 11 hours. Perhaps you'd like – and I also noticed that your heartbeat is down to 11 beats per minute. Perhaps you'd like to <laughs> – Oh, my <to." laughs>
1: God. Are you alive? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just – I mean
0: it's, it's like I, I would I would much rather give up all the functionality that I would lose by switching from Wear OS to, to Watch OS just to get a real watch dang it because I don't, I also don't like the third the uh, the platform agnostic stuff from Garmin which is uh, and, and other makers they're they're nice but they're not really what I'm hoping for. Oh well.
1: Which is exactly why we give this so much discussion because we're just looking for something a little different.
0: We want things and they're not giving them to uh, uh this, it's not fair. Uh <laughs> Speaking of not fair, they're, yeah, us, they're, of also not fair. Not, they're also knocking us around because uh, one of the more troubling announcements was that uh, good news that Google is now, everyone who is using Nest devices, we're moving you over to Google accounts for extra security and extra features and extra intimacy with uh, Google Home and the Google Assistant. The bad news is that we're shutting down like the Works with Nest program where third-party developers could make sure the Nest camera on your Nest uh, thermostat and stuff like that can work with uh, third-party apps and services like if this, then that. Uh, they were explicit at Google I.O. saying that the all these third-party connections to Nest would shut down, shut down on August 31st, and the developers would have to migrate to Google Home and Google Assistant APIs and and uh, just today, there was a blog post <laughs> regarding this move that's in the heading says "We've listened," <laughs> and so they're saying that they they made some changes to those plans, saying that after August thirty first, uh, existing works with Nest services will continue to work it's just that new works with nest services will not be approved anymore so anything that's that's there underneath the underneath the deadline will continue to function also, another big question people were having is that uh what about uh the Amazon Alyosha? I'm not going to say the trigger word mm-hmm. uh, what about the actions that allow uh nest to work with that device and they said, well, we're working with Amazon to make sure that those actions will continue to work in some way and then the 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 last little bit of uh, <laughs> a bit of appeasement was that if there if a developer has or a service has a nest action that for what, whatever reason just can't be implemented through Google Home. Google has said that, well, we'll work with them to give them sort of a special security dispensation so that this stuff continues to work. Um, the bad news is that this entire blog post on the Google blog doesn't mention If This Then That, which would be a big, big bummer because it really, If This Then That is really an entire app platform in and of itself. It's like the service that allows all the services you have to work with all the other services that you have. So it's a big, it would be a big step backwards if they didn't, uh, if they didn't totally extend themselves to make sure that there is as little disruption as possible for if this, then that.
1: I, from what I understand, a lot of these changes are being made to fit in with the whole privacy mindedness that yeah. sort of, that, that was the theme at Google IO this year. Like we're being privacy minded. We are being transparent and this is part of it because what this basically is going to do, it's going to quote unquote break some of the nest capabilities within IFTTT, but that's because those nest capabilities include things like capturing, like uh, capturing motion and that sort of thing. Um, so my understanding is by switching it over to the Google Assistant, your what's not going to break are the things you can already do with the Google Assistant and Nest. So like arming your system and um, um, showing it on the nearby Chromecast, like those little things, or adjusting the temperature on your thermostat, like that's all going to be fine and well. I don't that none of that is changing. But if you had automation set up. With IFTTT, then obviously that is going to break. And I don't know that all those things are going to come back. I'm having um, difficulty getting full – just getting a full response to that. I think probably because they're – I maybe they're still working on it. Like maybe they're <laughs> yeah. just still trying to figure out – I mean, uh, and it's not a bad thing. Look, this is how Silicon Valley moves. I am just curious in the – in the final stages, like what that's going to be like. But I also feel like a lot of people are not going to notice. Yeah. You and I are going to notice because of who we are and what we do. But I really feel like the folks out there with just the thermostats or maybe they bought the thermostat and a camera, like they're not going to really notice that much. Um, Maybe they're going to get an email that says, sorry, you're going to have to switch apps. But, but there is one point that was made this morning on the download podcast, again, I'm sorry, so much podcasting this week. Um, So I'm kind of borrowing from everything I've already talked about, but I, one thing I like to do when I go on that podcast is ask Steven and Jason about their opinion about something Google from an Apple, more Apple-y perspective, and I didn't consider the fact that having this whole thing move to the Google Assistant is going to be really annoying for Apple users, Because the whole system is – like Google does not integrate into the iOS platform the way it does into Android. And so I can imagine that having a platform running on top of a platform is not a very user-friendly experience. Yeah. So I I don't know what life like that is like because I live life fully integrated into the Google sphere, into the little Google bubble. So – that's what I know.
0: We have given ourselves to it willingly. It has a wonderful yes, plan for I, our lives. Yes, it,
1: it's not. It, I did it because it works really dang well. That's yeah, exactly. the reason I did it. Okay, because I wanted, I wanted it to be easy for me to manage and to set up. And it is. It works just fine. A lot of my routines are through the Google Assistant now. I stopped making routines with IFTTT because it, there was just no point. Yeah, I could just do everything through the assistant except for some of those other little platforms I this I feel like this is just gonna be the way the internet of things is moving like the smart home it's yeah. gonna become more of a a sustained garden within an ecosystem <laughs> not, not, not not a necessary. walled garden but a, at least a it's, hedged garden exactly like it, there will be a warning sign that says warning like putting these seeds in this garden is not sustainable and so' native plant exactly it will kill
0: which, all the vegetables. As Again, pretty- I love to
1: speak in metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I explain things yes. to people because it seems to work and I feel like it works in this mm-hmm. case, which is that Google's having a nicely tended little garden and you're only going to be able to bring in what it's sort of vetted for you, yeah. what the soil is prepared for.
0: And then it's it's probably an important step at this point because It is. Inter- it helps internet of internet of things is such a high profile uh, point of vulnerability not just for the individual but for the internet in general when you have botnets that are that are being powered by really really badly secured internet of things devices because they know that they can simply hop from mm-hmm. poorly sub- because uh, a, a camera has a has a mini web server on it and it can be used to basically hop from one place to another and it all and because it needs to be easy to set up for the consumer there's a default mm-hmm. password no one's going to bother to check so yeah so i i can see that so but i and i'm also sure that google knows that uh, it's really, really, really important to us that when the National Weather Service says that the temperature is going to be below 25 degrees tonight, that we automatically set the thermostat in that room with the freezing pipes to uh, to a, an orchid-like environment, that we want that mm-hmm. to continue to work, and I'm sure that they'll continue to make that work. Mm-hmm. Before we go away, uh, a couple couple of big things. Uh, Google has screwed up on a couple of important pieces of hardware. Sure, it happens. And they're passing the savings along to you. Uh, First of all, uh, if you have a Pixel version 1 and you felt as though you were unnecessarily harassed by Google having a manufacturing defect that caused the microphone to maybe not work, takes all kinds, I suppose... Uh, they, they uh, Google has uh, settled with a class action suit still going through the courts, so it 's not official yet. Uh, but basically, they'll give you up to 500 bucks if your original version one Pixel manufactured before January 4th, 2017, mm. was affected by this problem. They they admitted that there was the manufacturing there was a manufacturing pro problem that would that could create a hairline crack in the so- solder joint uh, for the audio mm. codec, which would screw up the entire like microphone, so you wouldn't be able to hear people wouldn't be able to hear you. Um, and it was affected by about one percent of pixel one phones that are manufactured during that point, so there are a couple there are three or four different levels of payouts uh, You get the full five hundred dollar bonanza if uh, your pixel was defective and you sent it back to Google for replacement, and the replacement had the same problem. Boom, you get five hundred bucks back or at least up to five hundred bucks back uh, if you got just one defective pixel, meaning you sent it back in for replacement and they sent you a good one back up to 350 bucks uh if you had to pay an insurance deductible like if you had your uh, phone insured against breakage or problems mm-hmm. they will compensate you for that uh and if you even if you experienced no problems whatsoever if you if it was manufactured before January 4th 2017 they might give you up to 20 bucks so I don't know so free free cool. burrito, free burrito on Google. Yeah. Um, also uh, it wouldn't wouldn't affect me because I do have a pixel one but I bought it as a refurb so if you bought it second hand or if you bought it not officially mm-hmm. th- as a new mm-hmm. Google uh, Google Pixel phone uh, gosh that 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 sweet large cheese pizza uh, that I could buy after filling out lots of paperwork I'm sure and then waiting six to eight months for a check <laughs> for what they decide is no not you don't deserve the 20 you Of eleven dollars and twenty cents. Oh well, we're in the money. Just nothing good, you know. Why? Why must I always get the fuzzy end of the lollipop? Um, The the other thing. It's kind of. Probably more 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 problematic than this. Remember last year when uh, Google starts selling these uh, Titan security keys for second factor authentication mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, wow, you should not be – you should be really, really making things a lot more secure by buying these security keys. These are the same keys that we're using inside Google ourselves. Okay, well, uh, turns out that the Bluetooth version of those keys introduces a security vulnerability that would not have existed had you not been using this incredibly secure Bluetooth security key. Uh, so um, it's a it's a it's not the it, it, the person who's trying to attack your computer has to really know what they're doing, and they have to really. What happens is that. Uh, The Bluetooth version of it uh, doesn't plug into the USB port. It's like a fob, and you press a button to authenticate. So let's say that there's someone who wants to get into your computer. They have to, like, trail you to the Starbucks where you're going to be using this fob or whatever. They have to be within Bluetooth proximity. They have Mm -hmm. to watch you, and at the moment when you press that button, due to a misconfiguration of a very, very low-level file, it's possible for that, bad person to quickly (laughs) convince your computer that uh, their device is a Bluetooth device that's connected to your device. So for instance, it could, uh pretend that the uh a that their pc is actually a Bluetooth keyboard that's attached to your machine, and so it could type things that aren't and give give itself escalated privileges uh and but also all kinds of other communication. so again it's not. S- at all likely it's not like they left an open password or anything but it's obviously a vulnerability Uh, so if they if if you have one of these Bluetooth fobs and it's physically labeled T1 or T2 on the back uh, you can send it back to Google and they will send you a free Mm. replacement uh, which is so it's a funny it's hey it's it's, at least they didn't uh, at least they didn't manufacture a, a CPU that's in hundreds of thousands if not millions of Computers that run all kinds of operating systems and devices that have a fatal vulnerability that can only be worked around if you turn off all the features that make that CPU run fast. So you know, tomato banana. <laughs> if, if,
1: if. You're going through with my metaphor, I see. No, I'm. Oh. <laughs> Here
0: the, I was see open. again, yours yours was yours was, ap- yours was apples and oranges. Mine was tomato banana. So right. I've actually decided to make my metaphor uh, even uh, maybe less easy to interpret because you also have to say. know apples and oranges versus and also tomato tomato and try to figure out and
1: understand why we refer to that refer to it as a vegetable instead of a fruit. Thanks, JFK. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's you know it's uh, this, this is uh, the t- to me this is one of the tests of like a uh, friendship that I will intend. I, I will intentionally maybe as a joke like mess up something that's simple and I uh, I knew that that one of my best friends was one of my best friends when uh I, when i Jokingly talked about how, like oh you know, computers see things in a world of ones and zeros. This is referred to as the binomial theorem, mm-hmm. and she said <laughs> and she was about to cry, oh wait, okay, I know you're smart enough to know that that's not the binomial theorem, like thank you. a lot of people don't give me that respect so, my god, this person it's it's clearly not funny enough to be a joke. You must really <laughs> think that b- must be mistaking binary for binomial. <laughs> Uh, Well, okay, so that's I think that'll about wrap it up for Mm -hmm. for, for this week. Um, I hope your recovery from IO proceeds in a linear fashion. Friends of mine know friends and family know that when I come home from like an event like that, I, I love them. But I love you, but I'm going to need two or three days in which I don't have to speak to anybody and nobody speaks to me. And then
1: I did birthday stuff over the weekend. So and then I I also did twit last weekend. So I'm just kind of I'm doing okay. I'm just catching up on everything right now and really, really wish I had someone to come help me clean my house. (laughs) It's for.
0: Yeah, see, I'm I'm facing that problem right now because we 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 are recording uh via my phone as an internet mm-hmm. device because my mm-hmm. my high-speed home broadband is not working and I think it's at the level of problem where they're going to have to send somebody out, which means that I can't get it fixed for another day or two because I'll have to really clean the house just in case mm-hmm. they have to come inside. It's not again. I'm not a hoarder. There aren't like jars of pee or anything. It's just that the I'm not. I usually keep my house at a level of cleanliness so that I would need 24 hours notice before someone comes over, just to make sure that like all these all these cans of like Schweppes uh, Schweppes lemon lime seltzer that are half drunk. I want to make sure Schweppes. that they're not. They. I want to make sure that they have been like disposed of rather than like being on every available surface. Mm-hmm socks and other under things at least pushed under the bed and the bed made that sort of thing so
1: that sort of
0: thing. i might not have the internet back for another month is what i'm saying oh well uh so so you got you got a lot of stuff like for life hacker that's out because of io and stuff like that right
1: that i'm working on right now okay. yes well, so- uh just st- stay tuned to florenceion.com follow me on twitter at oh that flow. um i'm on instagram i also started a new instagram called flow feed. it's flow underscore feed i haven't it's in progress i'm i'm working on my social media strategy so stay tuned <laughs> for what's going on there It's I just don't I need an assistant like I need somebody who can like do my social media for me and you know because I have to go like do the work and then promoing the work is a job in of itself. (laughs) But I don't have money for an assistant. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: congratulations. You have now doubled your number of followers. You now have two followers.
1: Yes. (laughs) That's
0: a snap snap, snappy logo. I will say that's a very snappy logo. Um, and, uh, as usual, you'll, if you spell my last name, you can get to anotgo.com and I'm anotgo on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, I'm on WGBH Boston NPR roughly every week, sometimes every other week. And you can talk about obviously technology for about a half hour. You can get that by going to WGBH Uh, and now I'm probably gonna have to go back into the basement with a, my head mounted flashlight to take a look at Verizon network equipment because Bless they're going to ask they're going to have to they're they're not going to send the person out before I've absolutely verified that yes I've tried unplugging it and plugging it back in and verified that the power outlet is in fact working and I tr- I tried doing that yesterday and it was the end of a long long day and I decided that I've I'm willing to do without internet for another evening if it means that I don't have to be in this basement of this 100-year-old building where there are spiders and some pumps and things like that
1: Godspeed, Andy.
0: Thank you. I, I I feel as though I've been forsaken by God, but I'm willing to <laughs> There there're just certain days where you feel as though if there is a God, today you are you do not count amongst one of God's beloved. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that I should be. I'm just saying that if I feel if if I were to feel God's healing light and and peace, enveloping me like a warm hug today would not be that day
1: mm-hmm. yes
0: and on that happy note <laughs> thank you so much for listening this week i uh, hope we listen you listen to us again next week until then everybody have a fantastic seven days bye bye